Hey, it's your old pal, Slim, and this is 70mm, a podcast for film lovers. Every Monday, I sit down to talk about recently watched movies with my dear friend and artist, Danny Haas. Remember when Chris Pratt choked out a Dilophosaurus? (laughs) Stupid ass movie. And our own spiritual advisor and movie insider, Protolexis. When I got out of this movie, I thought, like, do we know how to make movies? <laughs> like watching, like coming out of this, I wasn't sure. It's like, our movie's over. We also have a very special guest this week, our close personal friend and co-host of the Movie Mixtape podcast, Marcy. <laughs> I, I found out something today that it shook me to my core. So Goldblum in this movie is the same age that Richard Attenborough was in Jurassic Park. And he looks amazing. This episode, we are finally ending this journey with Jurassic World Dominion. And we ask the question, does Colin Trevorrow belong in prison? We answer that question and talk a bit more about Obi-Wan at the end of this show, now. Obi-Wan Kenobi. (laughs) Starting off. The series is almost over, and I've been getting DMs all week. Mm. People are loving hearing us talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi. They're loving the truth, Mm. the realness, Proto. Have you Mm -hmm. been getting DMs about that? Uh, Not this week. Not, (laughs) but they were hot the first week. The the truths that we uncovered. (laughs) Yes, the truth. The people who are are, will, are willing to walk into in the light now. After that, uh, we're not going to talk about Obi now. Use the chapters to skip ahead. We'll, we'll save that joyous moment for later. Um, and as always, if you just want to skip to the real reason you're here, Jurassic World Dominion, you can use the chapters to skip to that too. But we have a special guest this episode, Marcy. How uh, we jokingly called our half jokingly our Jurassic Park expert, historian, and a dear close friend of ours, very close friend, a valued member of our community, and co-host of the Movie Mixtape Podcast, Marcy, welcome home. Hello, I'm so excited to be here, and I'm happy it's it's this movie. You know, I didn't have to <laughs> prep too hard. I got to just enjoy it. <laughs> you know, didn't have to think too much, so... A lot less pressure, so. How many days between you and the Dominion High of seeing this in the theater? Uh, I saw it a week ago, so it's, I retain things pretty well, so I I still have, you know, some things in mind, some things I probably Mm. forgot, but, you know, it's okay. We were talking off air, and as I went to go, like, look at my prep doc today to, like, make sure all my notes were up to date, I realized I forgot to write any notes down after I saw the movie (laughs) in the parking lot, and I started to panic a little bit. Before the show. Mm. What, what do you do to take notes when you go see a movie in the theater for the show? Nothing. I don't do anything. <laughs> I, re- I just remember all the, the, the beats of this movie quite well. Mm. 
All right. Well, Marcy is our guest. I mentioned the movie mixtape podcast with Dirk Feelgood. Is Dirk Dirk Feelgood? <laughs> oh God, close friend of ours. And when we have a guest, we usually bring up their letterbox profile to learn a little bit about them. You know, maybe regular listeners they don't know who maybe they don't know who Marcy is. This is how we learn your number one movie on your four faves on Letterboxd, Roman Holiday. That is your number one movie. I do have two all-time favorite movies, but um, I guess just Roman Holiday. I don't know. Well, some you watched it. I was so happy you watched it. I think that was last year. Yeah. Uh, just, I don't know. Audrey Hepburn's the best. I don't know anybody better. Mm. And I think Danny watched this too, not that long ago. So. Oh yeah. Recent watch. I think I, f- I had to five bang that movie. It's too good. <laughs> if you don't five bang Roman holiday, oh I want you to leave right now. <laughs> Turn the off podcast the off. Proto's going to watch it tonight and give it three stars. <laughs> <laughs> That's the risk we take. Could happen. <laughs> Beautiful film. I remember crying at the end of that movie. Uh, I cry every time I watch that movie. And Dirk didn't cry at all. We watched it. So we did like an all times, like all timers mix. And that was my pick for that mix we did on our pod. And I was insulted that he didn't cry at the end of that movie. <laughs> I think my favorite parts of the podcast that you and Dirk do is when you don't know something or when Dirk knows something. Like when we played game, we played the cinephile game and you were like far and away the most knowledgeable mm. movie person that we know. <laughs> and then when Dirk knows something, it's almost like you, you, it doesn't compute in your brain that like Dirk would know something about movies and you have to like restart. And I try to be like polite about it. And he's like, are you patronizing me? And I'm like, no. Number two movie, which leads us mm-hmm. really into this episode is the OG Jurassic Park. Wow. Yeah. It's, it makes you question like, were sequels a mistake? Yeah. <laughs> Save it for the show. What was your, do you have a memory of seeing Jurassic Park for the first time? Yeah, I, I do. So I was too young to go see that in a theater, but I'm pretty sure I was like four the first time I watched it. <laughs> My mom had it on VHS. Mm. Um, and I think she just put it on because I, I think like all kids, you like dinosaurs. When you're little. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, that movie is very traumatizing when you're little, but it's something that, you know, I, I've just had basically my whole life. And I think in my latest review for it, I just wrote like, as I get older, that movie means something different to me. So right now I'm in that Sam Neill phase. <laughs> like I want to Maybe like kids. Maybe I want to be around mm. kids. I don't know. Maybe I want to start a family. I don't know. Settle down. So yeah, next phase is uh, Richard Attenborough. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy billionaire. <laughs> third movie is another movie we've covered, Pride and Prejudice. Mm. Your third all-time fave oh movie. Yeah, I think when I first found this show, so you guys, like how I found you guys is actually through Letterbox, um, Danny's first set of director's pins, they shared it. Oh. I was like, oh, that's really cool. So I found you guys through that. And the first episode you were doing at that time was A Muppet Christmas Carol, which oh, I know Danny hates, gosh. but is my favorite Christmas movie. And I was like, are these my people? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure after I got through that, the first one I listened to after that was The Pride and Prejudice. And I think my jaw dropped when Proto gave it five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Proto gave that five stars? Oh, yeah, yeah, he did. God. Wow. What a moment. I had a righteous anger in that episode. Yeah, that's a perfect movie. I love that movie. And I think, and then Danny was sharing like 
Um, his girls are all named after Pride and Prejudice. Mm, I thought Darcy, that was really yeah. sweet. Yeah. What an app. I think I gave that three and a half stars. Thanks, Slim. <laughs> and yet you still stuck with us after that so Mm. I appreciate that fourth movie is one that we have been so close to doing so close you know we have votes in our community the VHS Village Discord we put it sometimes we put it up to the community you know do you want us to cover this movie and we have tournaments and it's lost every time the thing John Carpenter's legendary movie yeah, it's the 40th anniversary, just saying. So if you guys really, Big you know, milestone. you know, uh, but I was, I think I was joking a while ago that if you had like a final four bracket of just 1982's The Thing, it would still somehow lose and we would vote for like Mariah Carey's Glitter <laughs> or something like that. It's so true. 40th anniversary. Hmm. Interesting. That movie. Mm, interesting. interesting. The uh, Highway Theater by me had like a thing screening, I think last week, and they had a trivia night and they partnered with the brewery next door for a whole thing extravaganza. Oh, mm. that sounds magical. Oh, I forgot to mention too. So we have a little like comic convention here in Pittsburgh. It happens like three times a year, but the next one's in August and John Carpenter is actually going to be here. So oh, I'm going. Hi. I'm going to go meet him. I'm really excited. Yeah, that's awesome. I thought you said Proto. I thought you were going to say Proto is going to be there. (laughs) I mean, maybe now he will be. (laughs) Can I get a booth? (laughs) (laughs) It's the movie Insider. Don't you know who I am? He's going to wear his little uh, spring helmet. It'll just be me in the booth. That's all all that will be there. He probably wouldn't even be there 90% of the time. There'd just be like a sheet of paper saying movie Insider (laughs) on lunch or something. Maybe he'll return. All right, so those are Marcy's four. I think that gives a great picture into potentially our discussion later for Jurassic World Dominion. But real quick, let's let's see if we have time to see what our other hosts have watched this week. Proto, did you make time for anything after Dominion? Uh, what was the last movie I talked about last week? I'm trying to look at my schedule. You didn't talk about First Blood at all. Oh, First Blood. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. Up to his old tricks. <laughs> Uh, I've never seen this before and I've seen, I think bits of like Rambo two, probably on TV. Mm. Uh, And I think when you talked about this, I think you talked about this as well, of just being surprised the direction of this movie, you know, that it's set in the U S just not the story I would have expected from this, but Mm. uh, really entertaining this green beret um, kind of on the run in the, um, I think he's in like Oregon or uh, like Seattle area. Um, PDX. P- the, yeah, PDX. He's on the the, the, the road up there. Um, but I had a great time watching this. I gave it three stars. Um, <laughs> it's nice and short. <laughs> 93 minutes. Love to see it. Even today, that feels like such a forward-thinking movie. Yeah. I have seen First Blood, but it's it's way BLB. It's not. It hasn't been a recent watch for me. Um, I'd Easy love to get back man. in. Easy, easy five, five bang? easy five bang. I watched the 4K uh, last year and it was incredible. You know, I was thinking this would look real good in 4K. <sighs> what did you watch it on? What's it streaming on? Uh, it's on HBO Max. Oh, yeah. but not in no, 4K. No, 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 HBO. Come on, oh. wake up, please. Yeah, Marcy. When was the last time you watched First Blood with Sly Stallone? So I've never seen any of the Rambo movies. I know. Is it time? Now's the time. 
Say time. Rambo month. Right <laughs> Rambo Jurassic summer? World month. Are we doing this? No, we cannot do no, that. No no way. People would riot. How about on the mixtape? Can we do a, a Rambo mixtape? <laughs> <laughs> Sly Sloan's abs mixtape on the mixtape podcast. Um, oh, the only other thing is I got to watch the movie RRR on Netflix. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, this is from India. Um, man, this movie is such a fun ride. It's, it's wild. Um, definitely worth checking out. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. I have to say, mm-hmm. it was so re- it's so refreshing seeing movies outside of Hollywood that just have a completely different take on how to even like make a movie, or mm-hmm. just things like culturally that you would have in a story that you just don't see. Like there's this, uh, it's it's about these two guys who really have like a romance in this movie, just like fall in love as friends, mm-hmm. and it's it's wild. I've never seen a movie like this. Um, so highly recommend that. Yeah, they're like actual historical figures. And that it's like, I think the the movie tells a part that's like undocumented in their history. And they're like, what if they met during this period of time? Oh, it's wow. Yeah. Yeah, Danny, you have to watch this. I'm thinking about it. Is it considered Bollywood? Is this Bollywood? No, I think it's Tollywood. It's in Tolly. Toluca. Yeah. Oh. The, um, but the Netflix version, I think, is in Hindi. But I think the original actors redubbed it. So, you know, it's one of those things where people are like, you got to see it in theaters to see the original <laughs> presentation. Oh, yeah. um, but if you can watch it at home, it's still, it's still a lot of fun. Mm. Marcy, your thoughts on RRR? Um, wow, I'm like really failing here. I still haven't seen that yet. <laughs> what? <laughs> Movie historian Marcy. No Rambo, no Tollywood. Uh, I mean, yeah. you do the math. I'm going to go now. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, did you have any time to watch movies? What were you watching this week? Listen, I didn't watch any movies this week, but I've poured hours and hours and hours into the Duffer Brothers' fourth season of Stranger Things. (gasps) And what pisses me off watching this show (gasps) is all I can think about is what if Disney cared as much about Obi-Wan that Netflix cares <laughs> about Stranger Things. Because wow. this show is a masterclass mm-hmm. on storytelling, design, like production value, performances from these kids and adults. I'm just I'm I'm floored by this season. And it mm-hmm. it's the juxtaposition of watching this side by side with Obi-Wan is maddening. Mm-hmm. Like it makes Obi-Wan wow. my viewing of Obi-Wan worse. Because I can't believe I would go from uh, the finale of this or the seventh episode of this season, not the finale yet, to this last episode of Obi-Wan. And I was just pissed. (laughs) Like, absolutely pissed (laughs) off. Because this season of Stranger Things is incredible. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, there's even some, like, green screen that looks comparably bad in Stranger Things, but I didn't, like, didn't even care. Because mm-hmm. of like the overall quality of, of this season, there's in the seventh mm-hmm. episode. Not to spoil, I'm not spoiling anything. There's about five storylines going, and it is a masterwork on storytelling. Like you're not lost ever, and it's just incredible. Marcy, your thoughts on Stranger Things? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to say, Max is one of my favorite characters. And before we were recording, um, I think Danny just rewatched 
her big heavy yeah, episode. Dear Billy episode. And I think that's been my favorite episode yes, so far. And absolutely insane. Slim was saying it has a really, really good ending in it. And it really does. And I, I got very emotional mm-hmm. watching that episode. Yes. Um, this season's really creepy. I, I'm really shocked. I mean, I guess they kind of step it up every season. But I will say there is a villain on the show and it's kind of a familiar actor. So I kind of knew early on that they were going to be a big bad. Mm. So that was, that's the only problem. Like when you know actors too Mm -hmm. well, you're like, Oh, they don't just have them in here for nothing. You know, something's going to happen. I, yeah. Max's character is probably the best addition to the show. Oh, I love Max. Yeah. I remember we were watching, we mainlined this, Amanda, my wife and I all in one day because I incorrectly thought this was the final season. Until like two no. weeks later, I was like, oh my God, they're actually coming back for more. Like what? not even just the two ep- next two episodes, but like another season. There's going to be a yeah. fifth season. There's going to be a fifth it's season. It's supposed to take a big time wow. jump. And there was a tweet recently that said when the Duffer brothers presented the final story to Netflix, that the Netflix producers left in tears. Get the hell out of here. That is the silliest thing I've ever heard. Are they going to future age the kids to be like, put them to be proper aged at this point? Do you think when they presented the Obi Wan outline, no one cried? Filoni and Favreau were brought to tears. No outline was presented anywhere for Obi Wan. (laughs) They just walked up to cameras and said, go. No budget. Oh, God. So this just just a taste of our Obi thoughts later in the show. Yeah. If you want to stick around for that, Proto, when are you getting on the Stranger oh, Things ride? Man, here? this makes me really hyped for it. That's hype. Wait, where are you at in Stranger Things, Proto? Um, I watched season two when season three came out. Um, we were on vacation that year. I don't know. Was that 2018, 2019? I don't remember. Um, but we, uh, I watched two like on vacation and just never watched anymore so mm. i'm like at the beginning of season three um mm, yeah. but now i kind of want to wait to watch it with my kids mm. i think your kids your kids you, might be too like young 10 years <laughs> your kids might be too young for i mean at least the current season because the current season, the current season is like 10 years is gonna fly by listen I'll, i can wait there's a lot of other shows to watch in between now and 10 years <laughs> yeah uh, okay so let's say hello to some patrons some new patron friends that joined us this week at 70 mm dot com you can get access to uncut episodes there's some we usually have like 20 minutes or so bonus capital c content with these episodes uh discounts on danny's beautiful prince aaron austin brad and john all joined this week and uh we're still you know people have been asking us about what's what's coming next for supporter episodes what's next main question i get asked when is the next proto audio dispatch coming uh i don't know the answer to that but it's soon no one knows it's, the answer. To that. <laughs> it's very soon. It's, we're so close. Yeah, that is true. We're very close. Marcy, any movies that you wanted to spotlight before we get into Dominion? Uh, yeah, I'll talk about one. You and Dirk were kind of talking about it a little bit today. So we have our new mix starting uh, next week, and it's monster theme. And Dirk picked the 2017 movie I Killed Giants. Mm. Uh, it's a graphic novel as well. I haven't read the uh, graphic novel yet. I'm waiting. Oh. Well, I watched the movie. Dirk said watch the movie first. Um, and I thought it was really good. I really liked it. I just, 
was looking on Letterboxd though and I saw you had watched it slim and like maybe like two other people. So I just wanted to mention this movie because I think it's really good and really relatable to a lot of people, but I don't think a lot of people know about it. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Like, please go watch this movie. It's, it's very sad and heavy, but I think, you know, like it's one thing we just all love about movies is like when you can relate and connect to people in them. And this was a big movie for me that did that. Checked all mm. those boxes. I Kill Giants, amazing comic book, graphic novel, whatever the hell you yeah. prefer to call it. Um, that's on the top of many people's lists. So I Kill I Giants is top tier comics for sure. Mm-hmm. I read I Kill Com- uh, I Kill Comics. I Kill Giants with my friends over at Paper Keg. Mm-hmm. They covered that Aww. back in the we day. Did, we mm-hmm. did an episode on that one. And for some inside trivia, one of the rare podcast appearances on that show from my wife. Mm. My wife Aww. was on that episode. And I met Joe Kelly, the uh, writer of I Kill Giants, and he signed it. He dedicated, he like wrote a little something for both me and my wife. So Mm. it's one of the few comic books that we both love. Uh, So definitely check out if you can. I think it's time. Please. I can hear John Williams. (laughs) (laughs) Rolling over in his grave. Mm -hmm. I can hear Michael Giacchino. It's time to end this journey once and for all. We knew it was always leading to this. You know, we we got we ended up getting an Apple feature out of it from our our close personal friends at Apple. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. Thank was it worth it? Look. Was it worth it in the end? We're here. Hmm. Dominion. We have the foremost expert in all things Jurassic Park to discuss this movie. Proto, one final time for this journey. Four years have passed since dinosaurs were unleashed upon the Earth. Claire is still working to protect the dinos. Her and Owen are also protecting Maisie, the psychotic human clone who released all dinosaurs from James Cromwell's basement. (laughs) But just when they thought they were safe, the evil Biosyn genetics kidnaps Maisie with plans to use her DNA to make a lot of money. They have also released extinct giant locusts to eat all of their rivals' crops and start a worldwide famine. Ellie Sattler and Alan Grant perform an SNL skit to get a DNA sample (laughs) (laughs) from the Biosyn lab (laughs) where they find the kidnapped Macy and everyone else. How they all got there, it's not worth explaining. Uh, If you're concerned that, uh, are there dinosaurs in this? Um, Yes, there are. And there are some alpha dinos fighting at the end. Uh, The locusts are stopped. Biosyn's evil deeds are uncovered. And the amazing chemistry between Ellie and Alan blossoms on screen in Jurassic World Dominion. Oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. We're here. Now, Marcy, you have Jurassic Park in your four faves. Mm -hmm. How did you feel when you found out and started your journey of seeing the Jurassic World movies? Like, What what was your anticipation like when Jurassic World number one kicked off? So it had been a while since they had made a Jurassic Park movie. Three, I do enjoy, I I really do love The Lost World. I know know how you feel about it. But I do really (laughs) like the second and the third one of Jurassic Park because it still has like some DNA of the original. Mm -hmm. But it had been a while 
And I was so pumped for Jurassic World. I, I just thought like the trailers, I thought they did a really good job with marketing. I, I was like, this is it. Like we're going to go back. back to like how it was. Um, I, <laughs> I'm going to be as kind as I can be, but. I be. I think that was the most disappointed I've ever been in a theater watching that movie. <laughs> oh my word! <laughs> All right, so fast forward, Fallen Kingdom. You know, you're, it's mm-hmm. years later. Mm-hmm. You have the disappointment, maybe in the rear view. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like? So I didn't even go to the theater to see oh that. Oh my god! <laughs> like Jurassic World. Mm. <laughs> but we did rent it one night, and I think I just. Most of the time I was just looking at Dan like, is this really happening? Like, <laughs> like basically like, like, you know, like they've massacred my boy GIF. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> what did they do mm-hmm. to my franchise? Mm-hmm. Massacred, him, massacred him again. Yeah. Yeah. Second and time. Again, and again. <laughs> As after Fallen Kingdom last week, Danny, you were like, you know, you were, you're on board. You're excited to oh, go yeah. see this movie, right? I mean, it's hard. It was really hard for me not to be excited knowing we were getting Laura Dern back. We were getting uh, Alan Grant and we're getting uh, Ian Malcolm back. The three of them on screen. Uh, so it was really hard for not to not be excited about that because we're finally getting the promise of Jurassic World. You know, the alleged promise of the whole world being covered in dinosaurs. This is what it was all leading to. Uh, but not one trailer showed a locust. Like not one... Mm. locusts in a trailer and that became the a plot for this movie (laughs) he's going in hard already sorry (laughs) point number one (laughs) the bamboozle we got that we thought we were seeing a movie about dinosaurs we were seeing a movie about locusts farming issues and and that couldn't be the most maddening thing about this film uh, agricultural demise isn't what you want no. to go see. I when signed you're up Jurassic for dinosaurs World? walking through Central Park, <laughs> demolishing women and children, <laughs> like just <laughs> annihilating the cities. That's what I was signed up for for Jurassic World, and what we got was uh, locusts catching fire, but somehow still being able to fly with their wings on fire <laughs> to you know decimate this valley. Danny, you're so, that is so right. There wasn't one scene of like an alpha dinosaur walking into a city, and there were like there were like screenshots. Oh my gosh! Like wallpapers mm. for your computers of <laughs> of what they the pasted together. The drive-through thing. Remember right. that shot that was circulating uh. online? So no, they nothing paid off on this third film that we were promised. I mean, they end the second one with T Rex yelling at a lion, and like this was it. They're, they're unleashed on the world. We mm-hmm. get to see what happens. But no, we're still in a park that they've corralled all these dinosaurs in again. And we're back to just some <laughs> idiotic scheme. Marcy, did you feel bamboozled? Uh, I was really disappointed with that because like you have dinosaurs. Like what What more do you need than dinosaurs? You know, I, I don't understand. I, and actually, like, I think it's the two kids in the beginning um, on that farm and you hear mm-hmm. something coming and I just assumed it was going to be like the T-Rex or something. Right. It's like, okay, that's a big loud noise. That that has mm-hmm. to be it, right? No, what what is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was really just confusing because I know uh, that company, I'm sorry, I can't even think of the name. They're a big, yeah, they're a big part of the book, but we've never heard of them in the movie franchise before, really. I think maybe like 
that is, well, we'll get into the villain in this movie, um, but who like Nedry is working with on the side. I, I think that's the company, at least right. in the book. And I don't know if they've really mentioned it in the first movie. I don't think they do. No, I don't think they named them by the company in the first movie. No. So full disclosure, I didn't even know that the main villain Dodgson was the same character that was working with Newman until I was on the Wikipedia and I was like, oh. Stupid. Oh, wait, he's supposed to be the guy from the first scene? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the guy. (laughs) Yes. Dan had to like tell me that when we left the theater because I was like, wait, am I correct? And and then that's the name. That's who they were saying. And Mm -hmm. I was like, GTFO. Like, are you kidding me? There's there's also a scene where like Goldblum says Dodgson like really mm-hmm. weird at the end. Mm-hmm. He's like, Dodgson. And I was like, what What a weird delivery. And then on the Wikipedia, it's like the same character. Right. First of all, he's like the worst villain of all time oh, in this movie. Oh my gosh. And then if you're curious why they didn't cast the OG actor, apparently that guy went to prison. So oh, he's, yeah, not, he's not acting anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, yeah, so that that whole thing. And he's like the main villain in the first two books, mm-hmm. Dodgson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, really minor character from the, first movie even but what i think okay so i mean in jurassic world they like heavily imply that bd wong is the main bad guy behind everything but they just decide to give him this like redemption arc for no reason and i feel like they should have just stuck with like bd wong because that's somebody we remember he has Mm -hmm. a more prominent role in the first one he's pretty relevant in jurassic world and he shows up in fallen kingdom so why not just have you know, just right. make and people know who BD Wong is. You know, I don't think people know who Glenn Campbell is really, the guy that plays uh Dawson Dawson, or whatever. No. He was so odd. He made me so uncomfortable. Oh, the there was movie. There were some scenes where they're having those conversations and there's like these weird, awkward interactions that are very obvious between characters. And you're like, why is this still in the movie? Yeah. <laughs> As if there was some relevance for having these weird conversations between the characters, but it was just there as if this is just the way it was written for like mm-hmm. no one to know how to talk to another human. It was like, they're all like testing to see if like, are you a real person? Their interactions. Mm-hmm. It was so bizarre. Some of the conversations in this movie and especially with the Dodson character, that dude's haircut, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that guy's Campbell Scott. And I've the whole movie I'm watching this and I'm thinking, where have I seen this guy? Because I know I've seen a movie and my mom used to have a movie on VHS called The Love Letter. This was like a direct to VHS movie that we some reason had. And it's it's like this guy. Sorry, this is my Campbell Scott a tangent here. Please. But he's he's exchanging love letters with a woman like who's living during the the Silver Civil War and he's He's a computer game designer in uh, like <laughs> modern times and they both share a desk. So he puts a letter in and then she gets it on the other side. And like the whole movie is like them developing like this relationship and like falling in love through writing these letters. But Campbell Scott is in that movie from 1998. So the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, how do I know this guy? And I get out and I couldn't believe it was Campbell Scott from the love letter. Oh my God. Oh my- Ellen is in it too. <laughs> Kate Capshaw. Yeesh. What a cast. Oh, man. Yeah, Dime points out that this felt like a really obvious Tim Cook parody almost. 100%. Like, what if Tim Cook was evil? <laughs> That's exactly yes. what I thought. Very strange. So many interactions with this character on screen were just like nonsense, weird stuff. 
Um, Marcy, was that your number one officially, the villain, or did you have a different? Uh, no, different... my I sorry. think my number one. I went into be pretty... a tangent. I'm sorry. That was my number one. That can be my number one. Campbell okay. Scott. Got it. Um, no, my number one, I think, is going to be pretty obvious. Uh, my, my number one is Jeff Goldblum. Let it out. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> I, I found out something today that it shook me to my core. Uh-oh. So Goldblum in this movie is the same age that Richard Attenborough was in Jurassic Park. Oh, my God. And he looks amazing in this movie. <laughs> he looks incredible. <laughs> well, that's another thing we haven't really talked uh, spoken about, but you have... A, a healthy obsession with Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Very yeah, healthy. We'll say healthy, yeah. Uh, he is just, I've met him too in person. Uh, he's actually from where I live too. So he comes here quite a bit. We have mm. like a holiday for him in July and everything. It's like a little <laughs> Oh my holiday. gosh. Jeez. So he has been my big celebrity crush since I was like little. And you kind of start realizing you have crushes on people, but it was because of the lost world. I think he looks the best in that one. That jacket. And I think, I think that's why I like that one so much mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's his movie too. But I was not laughing a lot during this movie. And then he kind of showed up and I just started really laughing because I'm pretty sure they didn't give him a script. I think they just <laughs> said, be the best gold bloom you can be and like set him out into the wild. So, I could see that he's like teaching that class in the beginning, and I was expecting it to be like Indiana Jones, and all the students have like <laughs> "Love You" on their eyelids because they were yes. all looking at him like mm-hmm. I, I, I to play devil's advocate, oh, I did not no. love Goldblum in this, and I don't I know he, cross. yeah, I wanted more weird Goldblum, which is odd to say. <laughs> like I could see the total opposite happening where he was too weird and be like, oh, he's just too weird in this movie. <laughs> I wanted him to go nuts, like and be weird. I just felt like his mm. his stuff in the movie. <laughs> Bex is saying "ban slim" in <laughs> chat, um, and Crash says he didn't have enough to do. I guess that could be true as well. Like he is allegedly the kind of whistleblower in Biosyn. He got a mm-hmm. job there, but he's not really the main whistleblower. So he he gets just kind of like shoved in with the main characters of the OG movie a little bit too much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Prada, what did you think of Goldblum in this? Um, I I think. Of the 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 humor in this, he really I think he really hit it the most. I think whenever he said something, I thought it was it was pretty funny. Like whenever jokes he tried to crack, um, brought some I don't know some professionalism. Levity? Yeah, some professionalism. It's a good word. <laughs> I mean, he was like the one actor who could um, like save a scene in this, mm-hmm. um, or who wasn't just collecting a paycheck. Um, so I, yeah, I enjoyed his role in this, even mm. though if it was nonsense, I have the, the first scene when they're at Biosyn, right. And he's, he sees Ellie, um, <laughs> and they're there together and Alan, and then he like pulls her aside and is oh, like, yeah. Oh, you know, you gotta, they're, they're up to business here. You gotta get downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like telling her, like pointing her away from the camera, just an incredibly awkward scene. Mm. And I have to admit, when I got out of this movie, I thought, like, has anyone ever made a good movie? Like, do we know how to make movies? <laughs> like, watching, like, coming out of this, I wasn't sure. It's like, are movies you. over? Yeah. <laughs> like, movie what, I'm seeing, what I'm seeing on screen, some of these scenes between characters and the way this was written is is so bizarre. That I'm shocked that it's in a major motion picture. Mm-hmm. 
So the the scene, the Ian Malcolm's intro scene, this maybe just leads into my first point, but I mean, was that not an obvious Indiana Jones homage? Right? Like yeah. that scene. There's I mean, two of those in this movie. There yeah. are more homages <sighs> in this movie than I have ever seen anywhere. Like, I, and not even just like a, a, a franchise. In this single movie, <laughs> yes. there are more than I've ever seen. It took me out of the movie completely. Like when we first see Sam, I mean, everything is a redo. Everything, everything is a redo of the of the first movie. They're wearing the same outfits too. The three of them. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like at a certain point, you're like, "Hey, this is fun, right? Like we have the same clothes on. We're in the same hut." But they do it maybe twenty more times in different scenes in the whole movie. Danny, yeah. did, did you? I, you had to have caught that stuff too, right? Oh, do you know what it feels like to be electrocuted by a fence? <laughs> oh yeah, Sam does. Uh, these stupid ass jokes throwing back to the first movie to remind people why we're in these seats at all. <clears throat> I was actually pissed every time they cut away from the the OG three. I, I just was like, I don't want to see Dallas or uh, Pratt running around anymore. Mm-hmm. There's also 15 leads in this movie. Yeah. It's the dumbest <laughs> shit I've ever seen. <laughs> every scene where they were all together was completely ludicrous. Like they're ludicrous. they're moving around the car. The car! That was the dumbest scene in cinema history. Oh my god! (laughs) The car scene was too much. They start off with nobody move, and all of them are circling this car. Like I don't even understand. There had someone on set be like, Colin. They're moving. Colin they're wasn't even moving, there. Colin. I, I don't even believe Colin showed up to film any of this. <laughs> I agree. Once he turned in his check, he was done. Cashed out. It was out. an intern the whole time. God. I don't this think was he even definitely wrote the script. shot by an intern. I think an AI might have wrote the script. Oh <laughs> right? Doesn't it feel like a the script da- that an AI da- would spit out? What is it? The Dale A. Mini site? Just someone typed uh, yes. in Jurassic Dominion Jurassic script. script. And the, yes. the nine scenes popped up for them to create it, for this it movie. Gave, like, it, gave them, it gave the AI like the five other script and said to like, just make a new one. And it just yeah. took every scene from the other movies. Also, another like eye rolly cringe scene was when they're trying to get into that like... Um, that one area with a ladder where they had to climb up yes, and the whole cast is there. They're inside trying to kick the dinosaur out. And one of them, I think the pilot does I don't something. I do know what scene you're talking about. The, they're, they're, <laughs> Which the ladder pilot, scene? The pilot has like a gun or something and it shoots at it and they all like sigh. And then the music hits like, yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> this is so dumb. It's so dumb. Uh. The whole thing. I couldn't deal with yeah. it. Oh my God. And the thing about the homages as well is when I, when there was a scene and I couldn't place it, I just assumed it was from Lost World or Jurassic Park 3. It was like, oh, I haven't seen those movies in 15 or 20 years. <laughs> so this scene was probably, there's an homage in there to that. Like that's how heavy handed it all was. And there was even like little things, like just like one-off things that would be from one of the movies, like such overkill with that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like they were like shoving nostalgia down your throat. But the thing that made Dan and I the most angry was whenever uh, Dodson's like leaving towards the end and he has the Barbasol can. There's no way in hell anybody ever found that Barbasol can. Are you kidding me? (laughs) 
Nobody. I mean, he had a shelf of like replicas, like he just came back from Comic Con and bought all this shit <laughs> from like a Jurassic Park booth. <laughs> I mean, that scene before that, where he's talking to, the, I think, the Ramsey character, the real mole, the guy from that Netflix show that I liked that got canceled. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, he gives a speech to him about how they'll rebuild, like, oh, you're doing a great job. He, he talks for maybe five minutes straight, and, and the Ramsey character says, nothing and he, the camera is sh- he, he's shown like five times he's like uh i'm not like you and then he leaves one of the worst scenes in the movie easily top Wait, three worst scenes was this trevorrow's rise of skywalker script just swapped out for <laughs> oh my god for jurassic Whoa. park characters i did read that he brought a lot of the crew that he was working with uh-huh. on that movie you said the mole this. and i thought about hucks oh god. and i wonder if this is this is what he did uh, Idiot! Gosh. Yeah, the, the 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 aerosol can just dumb. Danny, what's your number two? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Hold on, <laughs> my list. Uh, okay, I do have a scene I like. I'm gonna talk about a scene I like. I yeah. loved the cave scene uh, where they had to. They're like the most terrifying scene in the movie where they had to get out through the cave system because it's all shut down and it was all mm-hmm. those dinosaurs in the dark and. Uh, Sam Neill had a torch and it just was like I was just getting like Indiana Jones throbby and I was just very excited for that scene what a great it had a great jump scare too when he climbed to the top of that ladder but that's a, that's I like the cave scene that's the only scene I liked in this movie I think well that's like when I think it starts to get funny though because when they're like locked out and Goldblum's trying to put the code in he's like um 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 Miles Davis's <laughs> birthday and he's like putting it and then that other the mole ends up typing it yeah, in but I just he love never how gets it. he's like everyone just stay positive like he's because he's on the other side he was really cracking me up this whole uh huh I agree that's it that's all I got for another point oh someone else talk. I think there might have been an homage drink when we say homage. I think there might have been an homage where he lights that thing. I, I remember eye rolling as he was in that cave system. There was a line in there that was another retread to like yuck, yuck, elbow, rub, mm. yuck, yuck. But he also has to go back for his hat too. Alan he does go back. back. Oh, yeah, that, 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 that was oh it. Oh my God. Just like Indy going back for his hat. Is there anything real and original in this movie? No. In this entire script? Maybe the dinosaurs. <laughs> The gigantosaurus. Like, Why is it always got to be dinosaurs? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, Danny gave a positive. Yeah, I have a positive. Probably yes. the. I think the highlight of the movie, um, Dewanda Wise, who plays. Oh, that was my number two. The pilot. Yeah, that, that's my yeah, number two. Yeah. I thought she was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, her her pretty much her role in this isn't needed. There's already 15 characters in this movie. You do not need to add like this other character. But I thought she was great. Like I could see mm. her being like a star. Like I kind of watching her, I was like, I want to see her like in an action movie, like as a lead. She was just like really compelling and like really like commanded the scene she was in. I was like, I, I, I've never seen her before. Um, so I thought she she was great, uh, mixed in with just all the the terribleness surrounding her role yeah she she really stood out to me too i i was even thinking like maybe just you know if you want chris pratt to continue just get her and chris pratt you just need two people you don't need a lot Mercy, of people please. i mean well we don't, <laughs> don't have to put do that in the pratt, universe i'm just saying like, you Jurassic know world four um, are we going back <laughs> no i just don't know why she was helping them though you know what i mean she's like well i, I saw your daughter yeah. at the airport yeah her heel turn was weird 
yeah, that that was a little off, but she was really cool. I I really thought like it's hard to add new characters, especially when you have like the original three come back. But she really stood out to me. Mm. I think she was probably like my second, like Goldblum. You can't be Goldblum, but she was probably my second favorite character. <laughs> I feel like Trevor watched one episode of Disney's Tailspin and just like I got to add a character <laughs> with a seaplane in this movie. There was probably a Tailspin season three homage that we just didn't yeah, catch. We just <laughs> don't. Know. Maybe all of her dialogue was from Tailspin. <laughs> she. It definitely felt like a character that was like a potential spinoff. Like mm-hmm. maybe we get a, what's the universal app? Is that Peacock? Maybe a Peacock original series with her <laughs> flying around trying to catch dinos or something like, or an animated show. Christy, in the like, dome. Dino pilot. Crustaceous in the show, dome. whatever that show is called, the Jurassic Park one. Um, My number two. We're doing positive, Slim. Positives. Um, <laughs> um, there, so I loved Bryce in this. I thought, what? I like Bryce, but then on a shirt. I liked Bryce in this. I liked her scene where she had to go in the water to hide. I thought that whole thing was really cool where she's the camera is focused on her crawling into the water and the dinosaur is behind her the whole time. I thought that was really inventive. And this there's many concept shots in this movie that like made it in. Like the one field shot where the moonlight is going through the trees and you can see the mist. Uh-huh. Like there's a bunch of those like oddball concepty shots that I remember loving in like Godzilla King of the Monsters, whatever that Godzilla movie that came out that I thought was bad but looked cool. That's correct. There was a lot of those shots in this that I really dug. I don't know how they made it in mm. considering everything else that was in this movie. The shot of her jumping out of the plane was the coolest in the movie. Oh yeah, that was cool. The camera was like focused on her while she was oh, yeah. on the chair in the parachute. I hated Jada that. Kiss. You hated that? It looked terrible. Uh, so that I wanted to mention the pilot. If you eliminate her storyline, you probably can cut out like 40 minutes of this movie. Cut her out 45 minutes. Yep. <laughs> the idea that the original characters in the first movie, the nerd guy that everyone loves, and then the second movie, the nerd guy that I liked, they are now CIA operatives. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me? And then not only that, but he hands over undercover information to Pratt and friends. Day one on the job. He's, it's like his first week and he's pulling this up on a tablet. I couldn't believe it. Guys, I really got to get it back to work at the CIA. But uh, here's some the, insight. The guy he works with looks like Nedry. Did you notice that? No, Cronin, no I didn't catch that? that. The one guy looks oh like God. a young Nedry. I, I thought he did at least. I was, really, yeah. I was like, oh, Proto. There's your Nedry for you. <laughs> and I'll never watch this movie again, so I'll never catch it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was my number two uh, and a bonus negative. So Danny, <laughs> Danny, number three. Number three. Um, I guess I just like the redemption of uh, Ellie and Alan. I think I liked that at the end. I, I did get the chills when they kissed. And <laughs> that's another positive, I guess. Other than that, um, I don't know. I don't know even know why. I wasn't even very excited about the last dino fight scene, but I keep thinking about that scene, how weird it was that T-Rex played dead and the long finger guy showed up that was blind. I don't know how he didn't see Dallas to begin with. For all I know, all dinosaurs are blind. <laughs> um, movie. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a third. That's about it. That's all my like mini notes. Did you notice how when they showed them together, they were wearing clothes from the seventies? 
What? Like when they're outside of the courthouse, it looked like they were dressed in a totally different decade. And even the characters, <laughs> the extras in the background look like they were dressed in another decade. Very strange. Now, I don't, this won't surprise you, but I don't remember a courthouse scene. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. That's when they were outside. He was like going to testify or something against Biosyn. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Sure. That was an homage to, um, um, <laughs> that Harrison Ford movie we just watched. With Gene Hackman. <laughs> yeah, my third was also Ellie and Alan. I've had written down that they could have also completely removed this plot as well. Mm-hmm. There, there's just so like the first half of the movie or more, um, Ellie and Alan are on this covert operation to break into Biosyn <laughs> to steal the DNA of the locusts. Like this this looks like the a skit that would be on SNL about Jurassic World, mm-hmm. like with how stupid this is. Mm-hmm. Of like, and, and like every scene is just so bizarre of them like getting in there and like having no idea what to do, sneaking downstairs, putting on these suits with the masks, like all the little jokes of like Alan just like fumbling around. It was just like so juvenile and so mm-hmm. strange. And I was thinking, how much are they getting paid to do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because how do they feel about like knowing what Jurassic Park is to like come back to do this movie, like read this script beyond that? Like they actually had to do this. They had to be at the set, you know, Mm -hmm. and actually shoot these scenes and live it. Like, how did they feel about it? I'm really curious. I don't even know. I feel like Laura Dern probably needed the most convincing because Sam Neill, like no offense, but he's not really up to much nowadays. Have you seen his pig farms? Oh, I do. I do follow him on Instagram. It is a good time. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but Goldblum's just up for a good time. I think he was happy to see those two again. And I, but Laura Dern's now an Oscar winner. You know, mm-hmm. like what did they have to pay her to bring her back? But I can't imagine reading that script and like Proto was saying, like just thinking about how perfect the original one is. And it's like we were in a masterpiece together. Mm-hmm. Like what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing here? No one who wrote these world movies understood what made Jurassic Park magical. Like yeah. no one understood the the perfect uh, wonder. I think Proto said it right in one of the episodes recently that the like awe of seeing dinosaurs and the magic of that kind of movie, they could not recapture again. And they didn't understand in these three movies what that, what it, why, why we love Jurassic Park so much. They just knew that they would take our money to see these movies. Da, na, 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 na. Um, Marcy, number three. So I will say my number three. I tried to stay positive for my my threes. Love it. My my top three. Well, uh, but I whenever we did see dinosaurs, I mean, they went back and did a lot of animatronics for this oh, movie, yeah. a lot more mm-hmm. practical effects. I thought that was really cool because that is the big magic of, of the first one. But also like the first one works so well because you only see the dinosaurs so often. And and now in these movies, they're just like in your face 24-7. But there were some dinosaurs that came back we haven't seen for a while. And it my theater was really packed and people were getting really excited. Like when you would hear Blue yell, you're like, oh, that's a raptor. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the big one that got people really cheering, and I kind of was like, oh, yeah, that's exciting, was when you heard the Dilophosaurus before they showed up. And you knew what that uh-huh. sound was and yeah. you knew what was coming. And I thought that was really cool. And um, I'm just glad like they did go back and tried to use less CGI. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. actually made some real dinosaurs for this movie. So, yeah, that's my other positive. Remember when Chris Pratt choked out a Dilophosaurus? Yes. I was just going to say that. 
stupid ass movie. That was another scene, right? He chokes God. it out. Like, and there's, is there like 10 seconds of Bryce Dallas Howard frozen in fear? He chokes it out. And like, they had just found each other. And like, they hug. I don't, I'll be honest. I don't even remember that scene. I don't even you. remember that at all. Uh, I will say my son gave it five stars. My son had Aww. a great time watching this. Mm. Also, ahead, so we're walking to the theater, and I was like, "Do you remember the first two movies? Do I need to give you like a, a like a reminder?" And he's like, "Yeah, I don't remember anything." And I was like, "Well, the last one ended with the clone girl releasing <laughs> the dinosaurs into society, and he made like the stinkiest eye face that I've ever seen from him. He was not aware of what was going on." Did you guys think like when the movie ended that you're like this plot didn't even need to happen nothing's changed like nothing's literally changed. they're all in the same spot every dinosaurs are still in the wild mm-hmm. like I kind of feel like maybe they should have saved releasing dinosaurs into the wild for the end of this movie you know that would have been a way cooler ending cuz right. they didn't do anything or resolve anything about dinosaurs being in the wild they're like we got to figure this out in the beginning and then it was like well they're here too bad i guess i mean yeah there's there was nothing cool in a city with dinosaurs. Like, I don't understand. Did they just skip over the murders that the T-Rex was probably responsible for? Like mm-hmm. the hundreds of eaten human beings in its belly. Like there was nothing cool in a city that showed like, I mean, they did show that little girl playing with like a little dino by the park, by the lake. And I just can't wrap my head around these little things just not annihilating yeah. every human the being. The pterodactyl's on top of the Freedom Tower or something. You mean to tell me that thing's not swooping down, you know, center yeah, of Yeah, we saw Manhattan. what it does to people. Right, exactly. Yeah. Another yeah. thought I had just about this story, too, is that there's no reason other than it has the name and to make money. But imagine if this movie was put towards just a different dinosaur story. Like, why is it? As, why does it have to be in this universe? I just finished watching um, the last few episodes of Primal, mm-hmm. the animated show, which is amazing. It's there's like no words. It's about like a prehistoric man and um, like a giant carnivorous dinosaur, um, uh, like living together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they don't. I mean, they communicate, but they don't talk. And it's amazing. I was like this. This writing is amazing. What if someone had money to make like a really cool dinosaur movie and not mm-hmm. this garbage that mm-hmm. we are getting? Yeah. Ah, oh, it makes me angry. Where's my good dinosaur movies? What's it? Velocipaster? Is that, <laughs> is that what we needed to watch Next instead? Week. Next week, yeah. Religious Dinosaur Month. Um, so my final thoughts, I couldn't get over B.D. Wong's sweater and his hair. <laughs> Like, it's just too on the nose. It was very strange. Looks so feeble in that thing. Everyone doing the hand thing. Eyes oh on me. Oh, my God. Oh, Fun. my God. It's like Colin Trevorrow read all the comments online about that and decided to lean into it. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's so corny. Marcy, did you think that was corny or did you love it? I... I don't even know how to feel about it. Like, I mean, I, I couldn't help but thinking of like squatting Grant just because we were posting about it a little bit. And I just was like, he just looks like an old man in pain. <laughs> I hope he's okay. He also he has no ass. That. that was my main note as I was thinking in the theater. When he's walking around, it's like inverted his pants. They're somehow going into like a black hole where his rear end should be. And we know it's Damn. not true. We just saw him in the piano. He's got an ass. Oh my he's God. got an ass that moves. But mm-hmm. not in what? What did Trevor do to his ass? He wrote his ass out of the script. 
removed it with CGI. Maybe he had his cheeks clenched the whole time because he was scared. I don't know. De-assed. <laughs> <laughs> Should Colin Trevorrow be in prison after this trilogy? Let's get into it. It's like it's an actual debate. You should just really debate whether or not he should be a felon after this movie. Uh, I'm just going through my honorable mentions. The black market villain. What's her character's name? Oh my! Did you say it earlier? I can't remember if we said earlier, but just nonsense. I wrote. I didn't know her name. The one girl villain. Where she wore the sunglasses. You know who she looked like? She looked like Mirage from The Incredibles. I, it was so bizarre how close she looked to that character. Yeah. Maybe that was the homage. Oh. Maybe that was oh, the reference. Maybe that was the <laughs> she was reminding gosh. me of the broker from uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah. Omar I only know him from uh, He Who Not Be Named uh, Dollhouse TV show. That's where I knew her from. Oh, interesting. <sighs> All right, that's my notes. Um, the general, I will say, the general idea of this franchise is a good one. They leave the park, and it becomes about humans and dinosaurs coexisting. That's a good idea. Yeah, it is. And that's where it ends. I'm not even sure if this is a two star movie. Gosh, oh, wow. I'm gonna, I'll stay at two stars. Wow, two stars for the end of this journey for Dominion for me. Um. Danny, final thoughts, rating? Um, I don't I don't really have any other final thoughts. I am with you. Two stars for this. Dominion made the first Jurassic World look like a masterpiece. <laughs> so uh yeah, two stars easily. I could go down to one if I'm pushed. <laughs> Depending on the time of day, you could go down yeah. to a one. If I see this again, it's going down to a one. You know, I I was the, promise. I was the first after Rise of Skywalker. I I know I'm bringing it up. He almost did Rise of Skywalker, and I was in the camp of like, man, what I didn't if? Bring it up. The script was not great, but some parts of the script that he did not get to do was good. And now, I mean, Rise of Skywalker looks like you know freaking Return of the Jedi right now compared <laughs> to the Dominion movie. Pardo, final thoughts. Mm-hmm. Final thoughts. Uh, I, this really isn't a movie. It's just a. <laughs> perverse series of sequences attempting to wring every last bit of nostalgia from Jurassic Park. It's it's like a business transaction. Like we go to the theater, they roll out this Frankenstein of a movie that resembles the first movie. Uh, and they say, look, remember how great all this was? Uh, but it was really demoralizing. And I was just thinking like, what if... What if like Colin did this to uh, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like what if he got a Star Wars trilogy? Like what if we live in a, a reality where mm, he does this to close. like another franchise? Because it, he, he made, I mean, this movie is making money. Like they all made amazing money. So it's like, hey, he's, he's doing something right for someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, yeah. One star for this Dominion. Wow. I mean, we're, we're, we're living where we just watched a sequel to Top Gun where it deals with continuing the story, returning characters from the original film, new characters that are well written into the story. Like this that's how you do this kind of sequel to a, a already standard like masterpiece. And then now we see Dominion and they don't know what to do. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, Top Gun saved cinema and Dominion just put it back in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the coffin. 
Marcy, final thoughts and rating. Uh, one other thing that really annoyed me was Chris Pratt falls into that frozen lake and then is completely dry the next scene. And mm-hmm. how did he not die of hypothermia? Oh my God. <laughs> Perfectly um, fine. I want to know. Um, but I, I will say though, when we, when the movie ended, there was a little boy in our theater and he gave a big woo. That was awesome. And yelled it to the whole theater. So mm. that, I was really happy for Don't him. let it fool you, Mercy. You know? <laughs> but, uh, I did really like seeing the original three together. I just love those three so much. Um, so I'm giving two stars for the original three. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe this is that kid's Jurassic Park. You know, were the olds not into Jurassic Park when that came out? Were like Mm. our parents like, oh, this sucks. You know, animatronics. Is this the (laughs) lowest rated movie we've ever done with four people (laughs) giving stars? It doesn't even meet the average of like a three person episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. The journey's finished. We did it. I'm not sure if it was the right decision, but we have finished the road to Jurassic World. (sighs) And we will have some plans for July. We do have some ideas. And I'll just tease it. It's going to include a vote. It's going to include a vote in our community. And if longtime listeners remember, votes historically have not gone well. No. You know, in our community. The thing has lost a vote, I think, five times in our Discord. Travesty. All right, so we have one more week in June, and I'll just tell you right now what it's going to be. So it's June, it's Pride Month. Unfortunately, our Pride Month was the Jurassic World universe. So <laughs> We're going to turn it back around. We're trying to turn it back Give around. Give us another chance. We were thinking of a fun movie that we could cover to close out the month, and we have settled together as Friends Forever on 2019, directed by Olivia Wilde, Booksmart. Mm. That is going to be a movie next week. It's streaming on Hulu. So I'm excited to rewatch that. Same. That'll be fun. Very exciting. Big week. We need to watch we need to wash the stink off this journey off of us. Mm-hmm. Right, Perdo? Wash it off. Get the hose out. <laughs> the it's gonna take a while. <laughs> get the hose out. That's streaming on Hulu. But now I think it's time for us to get to the real reason why people are here. Oh my gosh. To talk about Ben Kenobi. <laughs> oh God. Disney Plus episode five. I think this is the the episode before the last mm-hmm. one. Uh, Discord users might know Proto and I's thoughts already. We'll get to that, but I would love. I've to muted he- all the channels. Yeah, you haven't I've seen anything. Them. You haven't seen anything. I don't want to see anything. What? I've seen enough. You, you're sitting down. Just to be clear, the internet loved this episode. This is an incredible episode. You get what people are waiting to see finally happening. Danny, how did you feel? <sighs> okay. <clears throat> so when when you see the uh, the throwback to Attack of the Clones era, Anakin, Obi Wan, I got I got I, I got excited. I got mm-hmm. the chills, mm-hmm. and then Hayden turns around. And he looks way too old to be in this era. And I'm confused because in Book of Boba, we get a great looking Mark Hamill mm-hmm. face. I don't understand <laughs> why Hayden looks like this. I was so confused, but it's fine. 
I, 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 I just move on. And then we get back to the storyline of him running from a place to get to a place to talk to Riva, to run from a place to get to a place to talk to Riva again. And I am absolutely bored out of my mind. Like, I just don't understand what is happening. And everything is so ugly, like incredibly ugly. All of the stormtroopers uh, in that weird single file in that valley looked, it just looked, everything looks like a bad video game. Like, it's, it's not even like Fallen Order quality. It's just incredibly bad. Mm. Why did they not CGI his face? That's what I mean. I don't get Did it. Did he just, maybe he like refused? I mean, I yeah, know, yeah, Mikey, I know Hayden's 20 years older. I know this. Mikey is That's one, the problem. <laughs> Mikey, that's the Mikey, point. Mikey, you're this close. You're <laughs> this close, Mikey, in chat. Uh, yeah, I did ask for de-aging. Mikey, you saw how Hayden looked. He looks present day Hayden. If I'm, which, I'm pushing my glasses up, uh, this scene, <laughs> this flashback is supposed to take place, uh, Attack of the Clones, and he looks like he's 50. Like, and even Obi did. I just didn't quite get it. I was so, like, Marcy, Marcy, what did you think? Jeez. So I, I like Obi-Wan. I've been enjoying the show. <laughs> and I'm not afraid to admit Thank it. Thank you for being I, here for there we go. I wasn't caught up uh, today and I was napping pretty hard and I woke up to a threat from Danny that <laughs> I needed to watch it before. <laughs> so I made sure to watch it, but I, I kind of liked that the flashback wasn't just all at one time, that it was like throughout the episode. I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked the third sister. I liked that she had her big reveal in this mm-hmm. episode. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I, you know, like I understand like why would you go up against Vader, but that's like what she's been trying to do since everything happened. Mm-hmm. So I kind of enjoyed their fight and I'm glad, I guess she's still around, but I, the ending confused me a little bit. Is she going to go after Luke now? Yes, or I guess. Okay, so she's so, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. That was a little bit confusing. So there's only one episode left, right? Yeah. For this season. Allegedly. If, if there's a second like season. there's just too much left to do for, they kind of do this with the Marvel shows. I know. No, sorry, Danny, cover your ears. I'd rather space. talk about Marvel right now than Obi-Wan. <laughs> But I think, like, actually watching the Marvel shows has prepared me for Obi-Wan, where, like, I think they're decent. They're not, like, the best thing ever, but it's, like, I have that mindset mm. now where I think, mm. like, I enjoy Obi-Wan. Like, well, I'm my, my main complaints are visual. Like, I hate the way this show looks. I don't mind the story beats. I've enjoyed Reva's story. I like what they've done with her character being the youngling that survived Anakin, etc. I I like that. I just can't get over how ugly this show is. Like, Trainer just pointed out, remember when Netflix had Marvel shows that were 10 out of 10? Remember Daredevil? Mm-hmm. I hope people were like losing their minds. Right, over exactly. Daredevil. This is, and I'm watching Stranger yeah. Things, like 30 million episodes we gasped at, but you know, it looks it. Mm-hmm. This, yeah. I, if they had the same budget for this, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> There's no, there is no way. They put thirty million dollars. They put into, thirty million in Ewan's pockets to be in all these they, episodes. Yeah, I think they're they're more worried about honestly though. I think paying the actors, they want the right people, but maybe not so much spreading that money everywhere mm-hmm. else is is maybe the issue. Yeah, Pardo, any thoughts mm-hmm. on this episode? Yeah, well, I, I would say the quality of this episode is what I was expecting from maybe like the first episode. I felt like this was on par with what I expected from Mando or what I saw from Mando and like Boba Fett. 
So if this would have been like the quality, because I think the last two have been much better in terms of like quality. Like the first two was just such a shock to the system. I just, I think they're like some of the worst episodes in, you know, on Disney plus. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, if this would have been the first episode, I would have been happy. Like if this was the quality. So yeah, there's a lot of problems and yeah. And I guess I'm just now used to it. Like Danny, like you're saying that scene of them at the blast door, like there's nothing interesting about any okay. of this. It, it's, it's just like, <laughs> it's an empty room with walls and the door. It's like, like oh, let's just keep like shooting it. There. But I'll, Reva will walk up with a lightsaber and cut it in half with no problem. Like, yeah. why didn't she do what, that to begin with? What glass door can you have a full whispering conversation through? <laughs> Is it made out of adamantium? It was talk. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And we were talking in Discord that I think the thing that drives me crazy the most about this show and these all these Star Wars shows is just like the weird writing of how they get themselves into like these weird positions where they want something to happen and they just choose the weirdest direction of him getting captured by Reva, but then it not really mattering because he just gets away so that he can get on the ship yeah, and the shadows. nothing seems to make any sense. It's as if like their hands are tied. Someone's like giving them this terrible script and they, with like an ad libs where there's like some solutions that aren't filled in and they have to like work with like this just weird story that if, I don't know, it just, it, it it's so strange this the story beats in this along on, on top of everything else. The So the, I like, I just hate to be negative all the time, but, but so thankfully Jurassic World is over. This, this whole month <laughs> will go at it with a bang. The Vader thing, like Vader pulling the ship, it, like, and then you go Stop. back to the first or second episode where a sniper was five feet from Vader and there were some flames ahead of him and he was absolutely powerless. But in this episode, he's force pulling a ship in midair, back down to earth, whatever. Just, but couldn't catch the second one. But yeah, he I must mean, have what? ran out of mana. <laughs> <laughs> His powers yeah. were low. Well, that's the other thing is that we have no sense of what to expect from these moments, right? Him like pulling a ship out of the sky is was should be really cool, but I don't think it should shock us because in the episode before he couldn't get through a bunch of you know hot coals on the ground. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He could have just levitated over there. He, he could have force leapt. I said this. I said, this, I said it in the previous episode. You're a Sith Lord. Also, I couldn't deal with his little hand, his little force, his little hand fight with Reva. Mm. He has the smallest hand I've ever seen in a Star Wars anything. It's so weird looking. Oh my God. So at this point, I, I, I'm like, yeah. I know I'm nitpicking every little thing, but, and I'm trying not to be so negative, but his little hand. I couldn't, deal, I couldn't deal with it. But also... Vader has tiny hands. <laughs> I just keep picturing Chris Elliott. Taco, that is the exact scene I thought of from Scary Movie. And I, I couldn't. I was cracking up watching. It's gotten to the point where I'm laughing watching this show. And I, you know, that's not happy. But there was also a moment where, like Reva's lightsaber. He throws, he chucks the lightsaber at Reva. And this is just like the, the biggest nit pick you could possibly Let's have hear it. the lightsaber is at her feet she's standing in front of darth vader use the effing force to pick up the lightsaber she bends over to pick up a lightsaber get out of my effing face with this show <laughs> i've had not it once using his own lightsaber where is the fight? onset nerd that is has a checkbox who's the the star wars universe librarian saying like actually you know what jedi at this stage 
probably would use the force to pick that lightsaber up. Mm-hmm. I think Vader's hands are a little too small here. Can can he wear two gloves to to make his fingers look bigger? So I, it's depressing. Live action in my mind is over. It's finished. The the choreography of these fights too. I it's maddening. Like I watched Stranger Things. I'm gonna keep going back to Stranger Things. I don't care. There's a there's a fight in a shack, a ten by ten shack that looked better than anything they've put out as a fight scene in this whole series. You have you have Sith fights like. Go crazy. How, how about Reva's like, plan of walking Obi-Wan back behind Blastoise with two stormtroopers as if anything is going to stop him from getting away from them? Why didn't yeah. he just, she just leave Obi-Wan next to her side mm-hmm. for Vader to show up? Right. Let me just yeah. walk him back into this cave and close doors with two stormtroopers that are going to what? Stop Obi-Wan Kenobi? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in this final episode, but. I know that my that hopes, was the point trainer. <laughs> my hopes and dreams for the show have have been dashed. It's stupid. <laughs> That's the, my the, point. The point was uh, so she could uh, release him after she got him, so that uh, he trainer trainer has never said one negative thing about Star Wars in our entire Discord relationship with trainer. I don't know if he is a, a secret agent for Star Wars. I want him. Is inve- that Kathleen Kennedy? I want him investigated. <laughs> All right, enough enough about Kenobi. We need to end on a positive note. Next week we have Booksmart on oh. on Hulu. Marcy, what can people look forward to if they're not already subscribed to the Movie Mixtape Podcast with Dick Feel Good? What's Dick. what's the what's the mix that people need to be listening to right now? Uh, I think our favorite mix we've done so far we really had a good um japan mix and mikey p was on an episode mikey p our executive producer Mm -hmm. uh that was a lot of fun so if you want to go back we did um uh uh prisoner scorpion prisoner i'm sorry (laughs) he's gonna kill me for (laughs) female prisoner scorpion (laughs) (laughs) um and we did shoplifters and mikey picked a high and low and it, it was a really um Fun, fun mix, but like we're going on to monsters. Dirk picked I Killed Giants. Um, my pick will be Gremlins 2. Oh, and then okay. we have a special guest coming on for this mix that I told Slim about. Uh, Mr. Chaos himself, Kablasto. Kablasto. Anyone is a member of our communities, Bat and Spider, they'll know that name. It sends chills down your spine if you know that name. <laughs> All I hear is a pan flute right now. <laughs> Just don't tag him in, in the Discord because he will show up and he will not leave. I mean, previous episodes, I mean, you covered Shaun of the Dead, you covered Hot Rod, Ex Machina, mm-hmm. While You Were Sleeping, so, and Whiplash had an episode, so. Yeah. Um, no real overlap with our show. That's another reason why maybe people were hesitant to check it out. Check it out. Mortal Kombat was your first up. Big first up. That's how Dirk and I started talking. That's It was like day one in, in the Discord here. He left a voicemail on Mr. Nobody for Mortal Kombat. And I was like, oh, I want to watch this. And he was like, oh, you, you don't have to watch this. You don't have to watch this. And that's how we started talking. So that was like the joke that was going to be our first episode. Yeah. <sighs> what a journey. Marcy, thank you for coming on. Thank you, guys. I'm here. glad we got through it together. We're stronger now, I think. We're here for each other. Yes, thank you, Marcy. We're stronger than ever, thanks, thanks to Colin. Really. <laughs> 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 this is his plan all along, to bring people closer. <laughs> Uh, Proto, closing thoughts this episode as we move on to something new. 
Yeah, you know, things are volatile in the world right now. Crypto is in a tailspin. Have you guys heard about this? Um, they're in a tailspin and there isn't even dinosaurs in our world. And they're falling apart. Could you imagine the state of crypto in Jurassic World? Colin should have put a little bit in that, about that. You know, stock prices with crypto. Um, but you know what would, would be great in Jurassic World? Still, stocks would be rising of movies. Imagine you have real dinosaurs that you could put in movies. Uh, it would be amazing content. Uh, and so it's just proof that, you know, if d- dinosaurs were let loose in the world, movies would still thrive. And that's something you can rely on. <sighs> Movie Insider does it again. Next week, Booksmart, streaming on Hulu. We'll see everybody then. Millimeter is a tape deck production featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual Guidance and V'ger, the robot who loves movies, provided by Pertalexis. Producer at large, Dale underscore A. Transcripts provided by Sophie Shin and music composed by Cinematric. Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me. Slim. Support our Patreon for access to our VHS Village Discord to talk movies with new friends, access to our exclusive episodes in the 70mm vault, discounts on merch, uncut episodes, and a physical membership card mailed to you. To check out other Tape Deck podcasts, find the link in the episode notes. And if you'd like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, you can do so with a 20% off discount using the links on 70mmpod.com. Goodbye. This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Ooh.